Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Healing Insight, an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senia May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to fatigue, digestive issues to women's health, and so much more. And speaking of women's health, Healing Insight has some huge news. Practitioner Nikki Ballian was just officially certified as a fertility specialist by the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine. She's been specializing in women's health and fertility for 12 years and is now one of only nine practitioners to have this special certification in the entire state of Minnesota. In fact, my youngest sister, Jenny, started to become concerned about her fertility after trying to get pregnant for about six months. She says she could feel changes in her body within just a few treatments from Nikki and credits Nikki with getting her body on track to become pregnant. And Jenny's first baby is expected this summer. I'm currently pregnant with baby number three and have visited Healing Insight regularly throughout my pregnancies and especially at a time when my prenatal care has seemed really uncertain because of the COVID-19 health crisis. Knowing that I'm consistently able to focus on my physical and emotional health with Senya has been so important. Senya was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety and episode 113, where we talk about coping with the COVID-19 global pandemic. Visit Healing Insight HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. And congratulations, Nikki. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And today, Marjorie, we are talking about a social media post that went viral and that a, a visit that is now finally coming to fruition between <laughs> me and my new best friend, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I think this is really exciting. Now, tell everybody a little bit of the backstory real quickly. Okay, so let's go through the backstory of what happened here. So this was uh, several months ago. Uh, I was at a broadcast and received two emails about the outfit I was wearing on that broadcast. I posted about this on social media. It went gangbusters viral like nothing I've ever experienced. And then I ended up on Kelly Clarkson's show. And the reason why we're talking about this today is because Kelly Clarkson, the episode that I'm on is going to be airing today as we're recording this right now on Wednesday, July 8th. 2020, the year that never ends, I am on her show today. So it was very exciting, Marjorie. And I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan, so I kind of like geeked out a little bit. Were you nervous? Yeah. I mean, it's more nervous to be interviewed by someone than to interview someone. You know, I I interview people on a talk show all the time, but when you're on somebody else's talk show, it's a little bit of a different story. (laughs) Especially about this, because this is incredibly personal. 
Yes, it is personal. So I thought we would start, Marjorie, by just reading. I'll read the initial post, okay? And then you can listen to a little bit of my conversation with Kelly Clarkson, and we can kind of talk about where we go from here. So the initial post, and we'll repost this so you can see it too, but when you see the photo, the photo is of me at the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, because that's where I happen to be broadcasting. We were doing a split show on Twin Cities Live that day. And so I was out at the Home and Garden Show for an hour and a half, and um, my co-host was back at the station. And so the photo is, you can see my photographer, Drew, which, by the way, he's very proud that his behind went viral in this. Um, (laughs) and, And then you can see me looking at the camera, and I'm wearing, like, kind of like an olive green little, like, military kind of jacket. Right. A striped long sleeve t-shirt underneath and a pair of jeans, just normal jeans and boots. So it's Are like they, a very casual were they skinny outfit. jeans though? Um, kind of skinny. Yeah, yeah. They're like straight, kind of straight yeah. skinny jeans, whatever. And so here's what I posted. And this was, oh gosh, let me look at the exact date. Oh, February 28th, 2020, which feels like so not that oh. long ago, but so long ago. Gosh. I know. I know. It was oh, in the before. My- Gosh. So here's what I said. I received two emails yesterday about the same show, the same jeans, the same butt. (laughs) I thought that part was funny. The same butt, Marjorie. (laughs) Okay. Now I'll go on. And here's what I, I posted the emails. One, this is the first one. Hi, Elizabeth. This is a strange question, but where did you get the jeans you had on today? They looked so great on you. I have a similar build as you and have been looking for skinnies. I sure enjoy you and Steve. And a smiley face. Thank you, Julie. Then the next email that I received. Saw you on TCL at the Home and Garden Show, and I was so embarrassed for you. Either start working out or wear much longer shirts that cover your butt. You are definitely not a good example for fitness. Signed, Whoa. Maggie. Uh, I went Whoa. on in this That's social still, media post. Yeah, I know. It still hits me. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, does it? It's no. not good. So I went on in this social post. Um, I posted this on Instagram and then shared it to my Facebook as well. And I continued on and said, the vast majority of what people say to me has way more to do with them than it has anything to do with me. Julie is saying, hey, I see myself in you. You are rocking that bod just like I want to rock mine. Will you share the love? To which I'm more than happy to reply, the jeans are by Hudson from Eve. The style is the Barbara. I'm wearing a 31. You do you. Maggie is saying, I hate my body and I hate myself. And the only way to temporarily numb the pain of my own self-hatred is to lash out at you. I continued and said, I'm confident enough in myself. I am more than my body and my body, strong, healthy, beautiful, and birthed two children to not let her venomous words change how I look at myself. Regardless, the bite stings and I speak out about it because, and I wrote this in all caps, it is not okay to body shame people. While I know that I will not spiral into depression, self-harm, or an eating disorder, countless studies show that fat shaming, especially of young girls, is directly related to disordered eating. There is not a single study that shows that fat shaming leads to better health or fitness. This is not just an issue of Maggie not being nice with her words. These comments can very literally lead to the serious illness or death of those they are directed at. And if she has no problem saying it to me, who else is she saying it to? We must name it, call it out when we see it, and shout from the rooftops that body shaming will not be tolerated. Who's with me? And 
there were 2,000 people who commented just on that Instagram post. It was like 9,000 likes. It went totally gangbuster viral. It landed on people.com. So, Marjorie, my gene size landed on people.com. <laughs> Which I was you seeing, be very proud of. Yeah, I was seeing notes from people all across the world. I have thousands of messages. I mean, I can't even express to you the deluge of feedback that I started receiving from people and how crazy it was and emotional and uplifting. I mean, all at the same time. The best part about, I think, well, I love the response overall. But to me, the best part about it was right away, instead of letting it come in into you, inward, you went outward. And when you said, if she's saying it to me, who else is she saying it to? We don't know anything about her. Right. We don't know if she has children. We don't know if she has grandchildren. But I think that's the really important thing. And this isn't about now shaming the person that wrote that ugly email. But it is about, in the, in the, in the broadest sense... Fat shaming and the the idea that that could that somebody could actually sit down at a computer and fire that off to you. I know, I know, is still shocking to me. It it is shocking. And to give you a little bit more context of things that I haven't even shared with anybody else, you know, because I've been talking about this for several months. And but a couple of things that I haven't shared is that I was pregnant in that photo. I hadn't shared that I was pregnant, but I knew that I was pregnant. So you kind of add that on as this sort of extra layer of what's happening. And then I also, I got that email during the middle of a broadcast. I mean, it's not just a matter of like you fire off something and you don't know if somebody can see it. I have to check my email during broadcast because I'm communicating with my producers. Right. And I was staying late that night to be on uh, some of the newscasts as well. And so the news producers were emailing me. So I was standing, I will never forget. I mean, I was standing in front of these designer chicken coops (laughs) and I was so excited because I was just about to do a live hit about these chicken coops, which were so fun and interview this amazing man who created these beautiful chicken coops And that's the message that I checked in the commercial break and got it. And so it, it, to be quite honest, it made it difficult for me to continue on and do my job throughout the next hour that I had to be on the air because what happens when you get a message like that, Marjorie? I mean, you're not human if you don't start to go, wait a second. So later on in the evening is when I got the message from Julie and I... I, as I sometimes do, you know, I just kind of started making some notes and like just writing a little bit. And I think writing is so therapeutic. And so I was actually just on my phone in my notes app, just writing down some of my thoughts about these emails and about these two women and about these two different perspectives. And then the next morning was when I decided to post about it. And so, so back to Kelly Clarkson, you're going to see me have a Zoom call with Kelly Clarkson that you'll be able to see on her show. And she was asking me about posting this and and the decision to put it out there. And I explained to her that I decided to publicly post about it because the next morning I saw my five-year-old daughter, Bernadette, in my bedroom as I was getting ready. 
And that morning I was um, getting up and she was dancing around in our bedroom and she had put on some elaborate outfit for preschool that day. And she was looking at herself in the mirror and she said, Oh mama, look at me, just look at me. And that was the moment where I said, this isn't about me. I mean, I get, I can get hurt feelings and that happens. And unfortunately that comes with the territory of having a public job, but because of the juxtaposition of those perspectives on the same outfit and then seeing my daughter who was so beautifully, magically proud of everything that she is, I said, I have to say something. And so I posted about those two women and their emails And I posted what I thought really was the deeper meaning behind them, which was that Maggie was really projecting her own self-hatred onto me. And Julie was taking the opportunity to say, hey, I see a confident, strong woman. I'd like to be more like her. And so the hashtag be a Julie began. And Kelly, it went so Viral. I mean, my phone was like physically hot. It was exploding with messages. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think it's important too. I mean, also to just call it out because I think a lot of people, you know, they're, they feel safe like behind their, you know, computer or phone and they just project, like you said, so much of their own insecurity, so much of their own inner like hatred of themselves. And it's like, and it's sad. Um, and I just, I thought it was really important that you did share it on social media and I thank you. And I think that's why it went so viral. So pretty cool to be able to, to talk to somebody like Kelly Clarkson about this, who's I think been pretty vocal about her body and her weight as She well. can totally, I mean, that was the first thing she said to me when I had a conversation with, with her, with girl, yeah. <laughs> this is what she said. This is me every day that ends in Y, you know, oh. I mean, so like she, <laughs> She definitely, and this is why she wanted to talk to me about it because she's so passionate about this message and she, this hits so close to home for her. So to get to share my story with her was really, I I don't know. I just felt like a real kindred spirit there with her. But going back to sharing your story, sharing your story, not only with her, but obviously it went viral. And I'm curious, was that frightening for you when you started to see people reacting to it? Even though I would say the majority, of course, was really sort of positive toward you and reaffirming. Was that frightening? Yes. It was terrifying. I was like, what did I do? Right. What did I do? And I, it was, it was wonderful and it was overwhelming because I think what felt difficult about it is there is still, and, and again, I mean, I go back to just like the person that I am, which is a person with resources and support and confidence and all of those things. And if this kind of stuff is hard for me, I can't right. imagine how hard it is for people who don't have all of those sort of safety nets that right. I have, right? You have so much love around you. Yeah. And I just, I, I have a, some success behind me. So that helps too. I'm not like a seven year old who is right. looking at a caregiver and then basing my self-worth on what that person thinks of me, right? I mean, it's just a very... So the weight of that felt like a lot for me. And then frankly, there was, there's still that little bit of insecurity, Marjorie, of like, do I want to be known as the face of fat shaming? (laughs) Because what does that mean? If I was a size four, there wouldn't even be this conversation. No one would be having this conversation with me. I wouldn't have received that email. And, and so here we are. And so that's the point is like, 
even for me, when I'm putting that out there and I'm saying it's not okay to body shame, there's still that little voice within you that goes, well, if you were, if you were thinner, then it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, frankly, that's exactly what happened in my mind. Yeah. And here's the thing too, is I keep thinking about, obviously our podcast is called Best to the Nest. And early on when we started doing this podcast, we talked to Joan Steffend about kindness. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking about Maggie what happened to Maggie? Why did she want to be mean that day? And what can we do in our own homes every day? And we know our children model their behavior after our behavior. And it sounds so sort of Mr. Rogers to say, we have to focus on kindness. But oh my goodness, look at this. Look at this situation. We don't know anything about this woman. We don't know why she wrote what she wrote. I have to say there's a certain part of me that has empathy and compassion for her. Yeah. Because you just think about what happened in the times in my life where I've been unkind. If I was unkind to my sisters or if I was unkind to somebody, if I really sat down to think about it, I could draw I could draw the line back as to why. With my sisters, usually it was because I was the youngest of four and I felt marginalized or unheard. Mm-hmm. And so I had to I had to do something to make sure that I was heard. And so in all of this, it is about fat shaming. It is about cruelty in a way. And it's fundamentally about unkindness. And I just, when we look at our own children, It's so funny to me, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I still find myself sometimes when I talk to my boys who are 26 and 28, and I'll say to them, were they nice to you? (laughs) What the hell? Were they nice to you? But it goes back to that as a parent, I just want the world to be kind to them because I love them so much. Yeah. And I think Marjorie, I mean, that's a real gift that you've given to your children because what I learned through this experience was that the common thread among thousands and thousands of women and men, I mean, I heard from men too, um, but I heard from mostly women is that they could remember the moment when someone shattered that confidence that Bernie had in my bedroom that morning and they can remember it. Yeah. And they can remember it, who it was and what happened. And so I got messages from people who said, you know, I remember when my dad put me on a scale and said, nobody likes a fat girl. (gasps) I remember when my grandma pinched my butt and made a comment about how big my thighs were. Yeah. And I've thought about that comment. I remember one woman who messaged me about, you know, a similar type of comment. And she said, I've thought about those words with every bite of food I've put in my mouth for the last 50 years. 50 years, Mm. Marjorie, is, I mean, you talk about carrying a weight and I'm not talking about the extra 20 pounds that you have on you. I'm talking about the weight of that feeling when you have to eat to live and you eat every single day and every time you do it, you go back to that moment when someone shamed you for what your body was or what you were eating at the time and how impactful that can be. And that was where it really came down to talking to Kelly about 
that this isn't about my hurt feelings because were my feelings hurt? Well, certainly, of course. I mean, of course my feelings were hurt. But when I thought about someone like Maggie shattering that self-confidence for my daughter, you know, parenting is is the great perspective giver, right? I mean, it just really shows you immediately what are the world's flaws and what must you change? And to me, this was something that I just thought, I cannot stand by and let this happen. And so I had to say something. And then the reaction was just overwhelming. I mean, to the point, Marjorie, where, I mean, I had to, I had to like have some therapy sessions about how to handle all of the stories that were just breaking me that yeah. people were sharing about those moments in their lives. And I was so grateful to people for being open and honest and sharing. Um, but at the same time, it felt like I, I just felt, how can all these people be carrying this around? And then what happens is there's a certain segment of the population who, when they're told something like that, they can recognize that that was wrong and they still may carry the pain around, but they don't project that onto other people. And then there's a certain segment of the population that just continues that cycle of emotional abuse. Well, it's, and that's exactly, that's exactly it. Hey, Nesters, we want you to know more about one of our incredible guests turned sponsor on Best to the Nest. Annalisha Nimala is the powerhouse behind the Exercise 180 community and movement. We had an incredibly emotional and raw conversation with Annalisha on episode 92 that focused on how we look at, treat, and value our bodies. And you can go further with Annalisha by becoming an Exercise 180 member. When you do, you get an all-access pass to Annalisha's E180 digital course, private podcast, online workout videos, and private Facebook group where she hosts health challenges and live events, everything you need to become one of the strongest, healthiest people you know in body and mind, and to initiate you into a movement creating real change for the next generation, specifically our daughters. Go to exercise180.com forward slash join dash now for more about her membership. And she also offers a free master class that lays out the seven principles her E180 philosophy is built on. Get signed up for that at exercise180.com. As a bonus, everyone who signs up for her free masterclass receives a special link that allows you to get registered for her membership at a big discount. And go back and listen to episode 92 of Best to the Nest. It's a must listen. It's funny, both of my sons carried what would be, I guess, on the doctor's chart a little extra weight when they were younger. If you go by what body, what is it, the BMI? Yeah. And both of them were swimming and when they were in grammar school, but they did. I mean, I can look at pictures and they were not what society would say were thin children when they were in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, which are such formative years for um, your own sense of your own body. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not naming them because I'm telling their story, but I don't have to tell it so specifically. One of my children actually said to me as an adult, Mom, why did you not ever tell us you we were fat? <laughs> you said. <laughs> I said, I never saw you that way. Yeah. I never saw it. I just saw, I really didn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blind. I knew they weren't real thin children, but I didn't think they needed to be. They were healthy. They seemed happy. They were swimming. I didn't see a problem. And so could I have micromanaged their weight to be 
a certain way? Of course I could. Mm-hmm. But why? And But the flip side of that is one of my sons can remember exactly that moment when somebody came up to him at his locker and said something so cruel yeah. about his weight. And he has he has been mindful of that and I think struggled with his own self-image yep. in terms of what how he sees himself when he looks in the mirror mm-hmm. and what he is. And one of the things that I'm super proud of him about is, and I'll just tell this story, he, when he moved to Arizona, I said to him, hey, there are a bunch of jobs at the college. You know, you should look for a job while you go back to school. And so we were looking at the jobs and there was a, there was a job for a new, a nude model at the art school. And I was laughing so this is, hard. This is like I, I was plotted a, in a, in a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing so hard as I'm looking at jobs with my 19 year old son, like, oh my God, look at this. I dare you. <laughs> and he applied for it and he got it. Yeah. And what was interesting is what his reason for wanting to do it. And he said, I want to be 100% comfortable with my body as it is. Isn't that great? And I thought, gosh, more power to you, but I could (laughs) never do that. But I thought, what an interesting thing that he just wanted to put his body right there. It's professional. I mean, it's a profession that has gone on for thousands of years. For sure. Going to any art museum, there's nothing. But it was his statement that I am comfortable. I am comfortable with my body. And I thought, good for you. Because I think so many people, like you said, Elizabeth, they can go back to that moment of when somebody just rocked their world and their image of themselves and they never really are able to overcome it. How sad that at 50, you're thinking still about something that somebody said to you. It's it's brutal. And I think that's why the message is so important that it's not an individual responsibility. It's a collective responsibility. And listen, I grew up in the area of you work hard, you succeed, you pull yourself up, you do it, right? Yeah. I mean, there is an individualism that is baked into this country that is has led to a lot of things that are not right yeah. being considered okay. Right. And but my point with this is that frankly there is no amount of self-work that you can do that will completely shield you from a comment like that from someone else. Yeah. There is just it is impossible to have a level I'm convinced of this. To have a level of self-confidence and to have an armor around you that is so thick that if someone makes a derogatory comment about your body and your weight, that it will not impact you. And so that's why we talk so much, Marjorie, about like how to focus on your home and how to make your home strong and comfortable and a sanctuary. And you clearly did that for your boys. I tried. At a time when another parent might have said something else, but it didn't matter, Marjorie. You could not have protected your son from somebody at the locker saying that. And that's why it's not enough to just say, we're going to build up our own children and our own selves to be so strong to be able to handle that stuff. It's not enough. The work has to be in. It's not okay to say it. 
It's not okay to say it ever under any circumstance. It's not okay to say it. I mean, even people commenting on like my pregnancy and people always have a comment about the pregnancy. And if even making a comment that says something like, oh boy, you must be ready to pop or, oh, you have, you must have twins in there. Do you have twins in there? You know, it's, and I've, I've become conscious about then saying, Hey, choose your words carefully. Right. Hey, that's not, that's not an appropriate thing to say to someone. And just going in with a correction of, it's not appropriate. It's right. not okay. Pregnant women go through enough with feeling right. uh, insecure about their own bodies. Right. They don't need you saying anything to them about it. Right. I mean, frankly, unless, and even I would say that idea of like praising someone's body. I mean, I just don't think that we need to comment on people's bodies. You just don't need to. There are so many other things that you can comment on about them. I I struggle with that in one sense in like, and we talked about this, I can't remember the guest of saying, oh my God, that dress, you look so beautiful. And I remember the guest saying, what if we didn't lead with that? Right. What if we led with how are you? How are you? And I, I see you. It's so good to see you. That was Annalisha. That was no, Annalisha's that was first Annalisha. episode. Oh, yeah. I, yes. And episode I thought, 92. Go back to it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I thought, what a paradigm shift. Because I am the type of person that if I saw somebody, I love dresses and a cute dress or something, that I would have no issue commenting on, oh, that looks so, that looks so pretty or you look so cute or whatever. But, but after we had that conversation... It makes you realize that there is a better way to 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 talk to somebody other than their physical appearance. Right, right. That greeting them with an affirmation of their physical appearance isn't always necessary, right? right. I mean, and and it's not to say that you can't do that. You can never say I love that dress or anything like that. I mean, or that dress looks so great on you or anything like that, but right. There is, but I think the point of that was if we're constantly encountering people and the first thing that we do is talk about their physical appearance, what are we showing them that we value the most? Right. And you know, what's weird for me is, as you know, this Elizabeth, I wear very little makeup. Most of the time I don't wear any makeup and which I have found is I'm more of an oddity than the norm. (laughs) And and that's okay, and I'm okay with that. And even as I've gotten older, I still I'm I still don't wear a, a ton by probably most people's standards. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, particularly if I put on mascara, which I don't like, but if I put it on and I sort of do my face, people will react to that. Yeah, which is odd to me. Like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Oh my gosh, your eyes are so blue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And it's like, it's a weird thing because I think, well, do I not look okay? <laughs> I know. I know. You know My mom like, always says that people say to her, you look so tired uh, if you've never, um, if she doesn't have lipstick on. <laughs> so uh, she, are you okay? You look a little tired. <laughs> I'm just not wearing red lipstick. I know. It's it's weird. And it's this, we've gotten down sort of into the minutia of it, but it is something to think about of how you address somebody when you see them. And I don't think we have the answer necessarily, but I did love when Annalisha said, just to say, I, how are you? 
how are you feeling? Yeah. Go right to the heart of it's the so person. It's so good to see you. Yeah. I remember her saying that. It's so good, so good that. to see you. It's so good to see you. It's just that. good to see you regardless of what your right. physical state is. And then if you later are like, okay, let's talk about this bag. What's happening here? This is fabulous. What's, how do I right. get this? I mean, <laughs> that's all fun and good. Right. Um, but I think that initial greeting of just not always relying on the crutch of what you're wearing or what you look like. It it can lead to deeper connections with people. And when we have deeper connections with people, I think we're immediately able to be more thoughtful with our words and we're able to just kind of easily do the right thing versus getting caught up in insecurities and things that don't really matter. And I just have one other thought, I think, as I think about when we are raising our children and we want them to be strong and we want them to be kind in the world is think about how to anybody who's listening, how you do talk to your children and what that might translate out into the world. Mm -hmm. And I can't quite shake. And I know you've told me the story, but for some reason this morning, I can't quite shake the image of you standing in front of the designer chicken coops, having your world rattled for a moment. Because I just know how how happy those chicken coops were probably making. <laughs> I know. They're probably really great. Making you, and I think it goes back to what you said about you have a really you have really strong nets all around you. You know, there are people who love you, and there are people who want to protect you, and you get a lot of positive affirmation. And I think that's something that we all have to think about whether we're firing off an email at work or we're speaking with our children or our husbands, is in that moment, that unkindness did rattle you. Yeah. And you, because you're a professional, had to quickly like sort of reformulate yourself Mm -hmm. very quickly to be able to go on and do your job, which if you've never done live TV, it takes (laughs) a lot of energy to push your own personality out through the camera and the camera sees sadness. The camera sees all of that. It does. And so I just, I feel for you in that moment. And I just think that's what we all have to remember is when we do something unkind, the receiver has to, will take that in no matter what and has yeah. to in a moment reformulate themselves. And some people can't. And I just think you we have to remember that. We just have to remember that. It's so, it is so important. And I do think, you know, there's a generational difference. There is a, there is a segment of the population that have sold themselves a story that they are helping others when they do this, Mm. that they are telling that, well, if I don't tell her, I mean, she needs to know she's probably unhealthy. She probably, she needs to be healthier. The comical thing about this is when you generally, because here's a newsflash, guys. When you send somebody an email that says how awful they are, they can pretty easily find your Facebook picture and find out what you look like. I mean, and right. that is where you know that it is coming from a place of self-loathing and self-hatred because it's not a fitness model who's shooting a message at me telling me that I'm unhealthy. I mean, it's it's just it, – that's where you can very easily put it into perspective that it's more about them than it is about you because right. – it's there's a lot happening for people but if you've told yourself the story that as a grandmother or as a mother that it is your responsibility to tell your children 
or to tell people like, well, that just makes your thighs look big mm. or that. I mean, that's, you know, you've got, you know, Susie, she's just got this round shape and there's nothing she can do about it. If you've told yourself that that stuff is okay because it's just a truth telling and it will help them, I'm telling you right now that you're wrong because what you're doing is you're severely damaging them. And that's just the truth of it. And I, you know, and I don't know, I think there are a lot of moms and grandmas out there who need to hear that, who just need to hear you're wrong. And you've told yourself that this was okay. And maybe your grandma said this to you and your mom said that to you. But as women, we're going to do better because it's not okay. And it's wrong. And I will tell you that as part of the conversation with Kelly Clarkson, we were able to bring in a woman named Mary, who is a Twin Cities Live viewer. And, and we'll of course post the link to the entire conversation with Kelly Clarkson that you can see. Mary is a Twin Cities Live viewer who sent me an email after my post went viral. Oh. And her email had me in absolute tears because she told me that as she watched me on Twin Cities Live talk about this, that she was physically weeping because she realized that she had been that mother (gasps) and she did not want to be that grandmother. And she then called her daughter at night and had come home and recorded the show and watched it and then called her daughter to apologize profusely and to say, I am so sorry that I, I know that I made comments that were not okay and they were not coming from a place of being cruel, but they were cruel. And I am so sorry. And she was able to really have a beautiful conversation with her daughter who said, mom, it's okay. It's okay. And that moment to me, I told Mary that meant more to me than anything else out of this whole thing. Right. Because that idea that she was able to have this light bulb moment and break the cycle and do better and have a conversation with her daughter and know that what they were going to do going forward with the next generation of children was going to be different than what happened to them was the most beautiful thing in the world. And so when I told Kelly Clarkson's producers about that, they wanted to have Mary on the show and she agreed and she bravely talked about it. So it was great pretty incredible. So to go back to the Kelly Clarkson part quick, Marjorie, before we go, you know, I was supposed to be on her show in March and I actually flew out to LA to be a guest in studio on her show. And you know what's weird about that? That's just the beginning of (laughs) COVID. It, It was the beginning. So I get to LA and we, I was there with, uh, another, the director of programming for our station. And cause the Kelly Clarkson show airs right before Twin Cities Live right. on KSTP in the Twin Cities. And so we have a relationship with them. And so she heard about it and, um, you know, wanted to have me out. So we fly out. We're all set to go to be on the show. And Kelly Clarkson comes down with strep throat, which this was the first time that this had happened since she started shooting her talk show and she couldn't do the show. So I went to the studio, met, got to take a tour, met all of um, the producers that I'd been talking to. We had a really great time spending time with their, her team is fabulous. And then I fly back to Minneapolis and they said, okay, we're going to try to see if we can get you to come back next week. Well, then COVID hits in those days. 
And so all of the production got shut down. And so I wasn't able to go back out there. And then they connected with me um, several weeks ago and said, hey, we still really want to do this. And we're doing new episodes via Zoom. Would you be up for doing a Zoom call with Kelly? And then we'll air it. And that's how it's landing in July. <laughs> And what a what a cool thing though. What a what an amazing opportunity to spread that story and to break cycles. And we talk about this all of the time on this podcast is what are the cycles we can break of the things that were handed down to us. Yeah. And she just amplified that message in a huge way. I love that. I love it that. It was good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Marjorie, go out there, be strong, rock your jeans whatever size they are. That's what I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a I'm wearing a lot of pajamas these days. So <laughs> I'll rock my pajamas. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.